I'm your host, Michael Adams, and today I'm joined by my co-host, David McCormick. David, say hello to everyone. What's good, everyone? Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, David. I uh, hope everyone else is doing well as well. Um, but yeah, we're we're in here hustling and grinding, second podcast of the day we're recording. Every day, you know what we do. Grind <laughs> never stops. <laughs> you know, David, I did actually hear a story a couple of weeks or a couple of days ago about you. And I didn't tell you about this before Slander. we got on this because I didn't want you to be able to prepare for it. I wanted to catch you off guard, but I heard that you had an interaction with a crime scene recently. Oh, yes. Yes, that is true. Oh man. Wait, who's snitching? Oh, I got sources all over, man. This hurts. I, I did have an interaction with a crime scene. Um, Back on Halloween, we were having a, a small gathering at our house. Don't worry, COVID friendly. Um, not not that we were welcoming COVID. It was just we were we were being safe, so anti-COVID. <laughs> not COVID friendly. COVID was COVID not restrictions friendly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we just had a few friends over, and I it's probably like I don't know, like 11, 12 at night, and I went out to uh, throw away the garbage, and yeah, just noticed like two people run past me really quickly. Um, and I thought, one, I thought they were my friends and they realized they weren't, and they were like running really fast. And then I thought they went to our backyard. So I turned around and yelled at them, but I saw they went to our neighbor's backyard. Then I turned around and I saw like, I don't know, like 12 police cars all like, I just heard sirens everywhere. And there's a police car coming, like there's a park like diagonal from us. That's just like booking it through the park, like the grass, like 60 (laughs) miles an hour, which I'm still convinced that the person just wanted to go through the park. Um, so very quickly I was kind of like oh I put it together and I was like oh yeah this is uh this is probably a situation and these two guys just ran like right past me and it seems like they're wanted um I swear I abide by our national stitching policy but I made an exception um I run out into the street um and like wave down like a police cruiser and like one like pulls up like right like probably stops like five feet in front of me and a cop like hops out holding like an AR and he's like, what did you see? So like for me, the rating like DEFCON went from like three to 11, like very quickly. <laughs> um, also keep in mind that I am wearing my Halloween costume and I was at a friend's earlier in the night as part of, a, as part of like a, a friend costume, our, our friend Tanner, I went as part of like their family's costume and they went as the Wizard of Oz. So I was the yellow brick road. Oh, my I just didn't goodness. change when I went home. Yes, so I went as the yellow brick road. So I'm in my yellow brick road costume <laughs> talking to a police officer who's just like digging at me for information. Basically, I just told him what I saw. He's like, go back in, lock up. Like you went back really quickly, locked all the doors, put all the windows down. Yeah. Um, but then there were officers all over our backyard and our neighbor's backyard, oh, all with assault rifles. Um, they all had SWAT gear, like flooding through. We had to like stay locked down for like 30 minutes. Um, and then we sent uh, we sent everyone home like in pairs after that and had them like once the perimeter was down. But yeah, yeah. one kind of killed the vibe of our gathering. Um, obviously, obviously we we, were, we still were within uh, county requirements, but yeah. we decided just to send everyone home and just kind of a weird weird Halloween. Um, and yeah, the, like the officer took my statement after um, he didn't make a comment about my costume, but it's something that honestly I'm never never gonna forget. And we just kind of. Uh, 
yeah, we just just like, all right, I guess I guess that was Halloween. It's a wrap. Yeah, that, that's a that's a very scary experience to be completely honest. I would have loved though if like you wag down the you know, you wave down the um cop and he gets out and you're like, he went this way, he went this way. He goes, No, 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 wait a second, wait a second. What what are you supposed to be? And you're like, Oh, I'm I'm the yellow brick road, sorry. <laughs> it wasn't even a good it wasn't even a good yellow brick road costume either. I had the yellow was almost more like neon and instead of using like I basically duct taped the shirt to make like bricks. Mm. Um, I didn't have black duct tape, so silver. So I had <laughs> silver duct tape over like on almost a neon t-shirt. So like it wasn't even a good yellow brick road either. It was something I threw together like five minutes before I left the house, like very minimal effort as I normally do with my Halloween costumes. Um, yeah, so my guess is like, yeah, he was probably like, what? He probably what not what he was thinking, but he was like, there's no way he could have told out. He there's no way he could have like, like figured out I was the Yellow Brick Road unless I told him, which it did not come up in conversation. Yeah, and like the police report when he takes your statement, he's like, uh, he writes and everything you're saying. Like, you find out like years delayed, like years later, he wrote down like your name. He wrote Yellow Brick Road. <laughs> so that's yeah, what exactly. the Yellow Brick Road said. I have no idea what else is there. The Yellow Brick Road kid, honestly, he was a little <laughs> sketchy, but <laughs> I'm sure he's telling that story to his friends too. He's like, yeah, this guy came out in a Yellow Brick Road costume. Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was a fan. Yeah, so yeah that he was probably our... was. That was our Halloween. Yeah, it was it was interesting to say the least. I don't think I'm ever going to forget it. Um, and yeah, it all happened. Like, it's kind of weird. Um, this was probably one of the fir- one of the few, I would say, like situations where I've had to like think very quickly. Yeah, it kind of is true. You always people think of being like, oh, well, like people have trouble like recollecting um, what happened. And it was mm-hmm. like actually like that night, this like my roommates and I were just like out on the porch. And I was actually I was having trouble piecing together like what steps I took in what order I was like I wasn't even like nervous it wasn't like I was like super nervous but everything happened so quickly yeah it was kind of funny like that where I was like I can't remember if I went inside and went back outside and I had to like retrace my steps so I thought that was really interesting and like when people talk about that I was like what do you mean you don't remember (laughs) and I was like oh okay me like being a not a very high stakes situation, it had to make like a couple quick calls. Suddenly has like no had no concept of time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all over the board. That's amazing. Yeah, but I mean, there's really no way that you could ever prepare for something like that. You just kind of have to be ready, uh, <laughs> whether you like it or not. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, going off preparation, it is. It, I should be saying actually first, Happy New Year, David. Happy New Year, Michael. It is, I know it's it's great you know 2020 has been tough I'm excited to enter into the new year today um, and for those of you who are very confused as you should be um, we are referencing the liturgical year uh, not the uh, calendar year unfortunately as 2020 could come to an end anytime now please but soon for those of you who don't know um, Sunday as in yesterday depending on when you're listening to this, it marked the beginning of the new liturgical year, which also means we are entering into Advent currently. So um, unplanned that you were unprepared, but uh, unprepared for your event with the cops. But again, going off that preparation idea, Advent is in itself a time for preparation. So wanted to kind of discuss how we can enter into Advent now. I think it's just pertinent to talk about it because I think Advent oftentimes when I was younger, I, all I really viewed it as was like, oh my goodness, it's almost Christmas. Like that's what it was. Like, mm-hmm. All it really was was like, oh my goodness, every week, every time we light a candle, it's like, okay, one week closer to presents, one week closer to Christmas, like very immature, but that's how I viewed it. 
So I think it's important every year that we kind of have these discussions with friends or family, or just like you and I here in this podcast, of really what is the meaning of Advent? What is the purpose of Advent? Um, so yeah, at first, I just wanted to kind of gauge you, you know, what, what in your opinion is Advent, um, just kind of from your understanding? Yeah, I think you, I think you hit it kind of on the head. I do like see it as a time of preparation um, that we are, we are preparing, you know, to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And in that time, we know that like for, um, for his birth and for his coming, we, we want to make sure that, yeah, we're, we're ready for it. And that especially um, the Christmas season can get really hectic. And we want to make sure that we know that like, this actually is a priority and this is going yet yeah, to start our, to start off our liturgical year. And uh, yeah, it, it has implications for our, our entire year. And I'm definitely the type of person when I was a kid to um, that the, the Advent wreaths, the, the candles were just a different way for me to know when it was close to Christmas um, for when I could get my presents. Um, but yeah, I see it as very peaceful. Um, like if, very peaceful, but it's a time to, um, it's kind of weird to like, I almost consider it as like finishing strong and starting strong. Mm -hmm. um, finishing strong because it's always paired, like for those who are, those who are listening, who are students, like it's always paired like with finals, mm -hmm. at least a, a good part of it. Um, so you want to finish strong, like in that sense. Um, and I know I heard, a, I heard a homily on this, um, kind of compare the two. But at the same sense that in the beginning of the liturgical year, um, you also want to start strong and mm -hmm. you want to prepare yourself um, for more celebrating. Yeah. The, the arrival of Jesus, that we are in a place um, where that we are in a place to recognize, um, yeah, all that he brought to the world and all that he brought to our lives. Yeah, exactly. And you did mention something about how the end of the year, end of calendar year, just to be um, clear with it, is very hectic. Like Christmas season is hectic, family coming in from out of town, getting people presents, going to parties, all of these things, or from like a student perspective of, um, you know, I have finals, I have classes ending, I have papers I need to write, or even from like my perspective in like a work area, okay, I have deadlines coming for projects, budgets, those kinds of things all have to be in by the end of the calendar year. And it's interesting that these things kind of coincide the beginning of our liturgical year and the end of the calendar year. Um, I also find it interesting because we were just talking about this with the gospel of today and really a reoccurring, reoccurring theme in the gospels over the past month or so. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we've been hearing a lot of these couple phrases like keep watch, stay ready, stay alert, um, be careful, be ready. All of these kinds of ways of saying, you know, something's coming. And you need to be ready for it. You don't want to be caught off guard by it. Have you noticed this as well? Yes, I have. I know in the, especially in the past, um, past week, in the past few days. Yeah, there's been a, a lot of references to that. Um, some just like more, more general, some like referencing the end of times. Um, but yeah, that you, you do not know, yeah, the hour um, that I know there's also been like the, the reference, like the thief, like the, you do not know the, the hour that, that like, the thief will come. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I've definitely noticed that um, that theme as well. Exactly. And going into that a little bit more, um, just, again, like you said, over the past month, it's been 
kind of two different things. Like there's been some general keep watch, be ready. There's been some more that are more about, you know, like the end of times, um, the final judgment, these kinds of things. And so although Advent is primarily about preparation for the coming of Christ into the world as the birth of Christ, as we celebrate on Christmas, it can also be seen as a way of preparing for both comings, both the initial coming um, on Christmas, but also the final coming, um, the second coming of Christ and the final judgment. And really the idea of keeping watch, the idea of stay ready, all of these things, they bleed over into both of those. Although they're two different comings, the idea and the preparation that goes into those shouldn't exactly be the same. Um, But I I think it's interesting because sometimes I think with Advent, we just purely look at it from a uh, from a Christmas perspective, when in reality, it's a it bleeds over into the end of the times, into the final coming, and the final judgment. But we did talk about in the initial portion of this of Advent being, you know, Happy New Year. You know, that's the new liturgical year. And the way I've kind of thought of this is, we just ended the liturgical year, and to me, honestly, it's a little bit of a somber ending because we are talking about the end of times. We're talking about the final judgment. We're talking about the time that we come face to face with Christ and the truth of our heart is revealed to him. And, you know, we find out where we're going and that it can be very intimidating in itself. And so in one way, it's like, oh, kind of a somber ending. And then two, we begin and it's a very rejoiceful beginning. We have Christ coming. Um, But with both of these things, the somber ending leads us into reflection and the rejoiceful beginning can lead us into action. And so one thing that I think is important for us to do, which is likewise what people do at the beginning of any calendar year is to make new year's new year's resolutions. I know in my entire life, every single year, every single new year, there'd be somebody saying, Oh, so do you have any new year's resolutions? And I was always really bad at those. So I was always like, no, don't really do those. But I do think that Advent is the pers- the perfect time to actually take time to reflect, to gauge where we are in the spiritual life, where we are in the physical life, all of these things, and actually put in together New Year's resolutions for our spiritual life and for our relationship with Christ. Yeah, that's a really interesting way that you kind of put that. Um, that, yeah, it is, it is interesting because there is like, yeah, there is the, um, the ending and the beginning. And yeah, I think it's a great kind of opportunity for what you said, yeah, to think about where we are, yeah, in our, in our relationship with Christ and the same time of where, um, like areas of our hearts that we may not have opened up to him. Um, and I think it's a good, a good time for reflecting too. And I've also never really been great with New Year's resolutions. I normally don't make them. I'm in the and same boat. <laughs> I think, I think sometimes when people are like, oh, do you have any New Year's resolutions? I'm almost more like, oh, do you think I need them? <laughs> Very <laughs> passive aggressive. Um, but yeah, like I, a lot of times was just like, oh, well, you know, I they probably won't work anyway. I just like don't make them. Um, or in certain cases, if I ever did, they'd be very long-term, like something mm-hmm. I couldn't even achieve until like August. Um, but with that, before, you, before you're going to make a resolution, you need to know where you're at. What you were saying that you need to, before you need to know what you can improve on or areas of your life of like um, that may be stronger or areas like that you need to improve, you need to know where you're at. You need to do some reflecting. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a great invitation um, in Advent to 
be able to do that reflecting um, and have that preparation um, and to do it with Christ. I like what you said too about, you know, you usually don't do New Year's resolutions because I'm in the same boat. But in the spiritual sense, I think it's much easier to fall into complacency um, and just to accept with where we're at and say, oh, I pray every day and, you know, I read the Bible uh, more than probably the average person or, you know, I go to mass on Sundays and generally speaking, my spiritual life is intact. But again, that complacency is very dangerous because a relationship with Christ is always growing and it's always building on top of each other. And it's the whole idea of, you know, you're taking one step forward or two steps back. Uh, It's that same idea of when we're entering into Advent, we're doing one or the other. We can gauge our past year and say, okay, what was I doing this past year that worked? What was I doing this past year that did not work? What do I need to add into my life? What do I need to take out of my life? All of these things. Um, But it actually reminds me of the Bible verse that you read me earlier, if you remember that. I can't remember the exact exact um, verse it was, but I was actually going to see if you could read it right now because I think it's very pertinent to where we're at right now with this discussion. Yeah, definitely. Um, let me just pull it up. Yep, okay, I got it. It is <clears throat> Luke 21, 34 through 36. Um, so I'll just go ahead and read it here. Jesus said to his disciples, beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life. And that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the son of man. So right off the bat, the first word that really struck me was the drowsiness. Uh, and it kind of goes back to that content, the complacency that we can fall into in the spiritual nature. And I think honestly, oftentimes when we talk about the comings of Christ, both the Christmas coming, because I think sometimes that can just seem so distant because it was so long ago and it can't, it kind of loses some of the personality, like the personal aspect of it to some of us. Um, all this doesn't necessarily need to, and it really shouldn't, but it can at times seem a little less personal and a little bit more distant. And then two, with the final coming, oftentimes we just think the final coming is never gonna happen. It's like, oh, that will never happen. For, that's, that's coming in thousands and thousands of years. Like there's no way it'll happen right now. Like it, there's it's probably not gonna happen tomorrow. But what if it did? And what if tomorrow we were face-to-face with Christ and we had to account for everything that we are doing, that we have been doing, that we did do, that we would be doing? And I think oftentimes we don't think of it in that way, because again, that's a a somber reality to face, to think, you know, what if I was face to face with Christ tomorrow? What if this was the last day I had here? And what if tomorrow my heart was revealed to the Lord, my true intentions, my true desires, all of these things, like what would he think of it? I think Advent is the perfect opportunity for us to actually take time with that idea though, and to say, okay, what if it did happen tomorrow? And really be honest with ourselves about what God would say or what God would think. And there's twofold here. One, that's not to be discouraging and say, oh my goodness, he would hate me and surely condemn me to hell um, because that's not the way God works. Um, But just be able to say, okay, God would really love that I'm doing this or God would really not love that I'm doing this. 
and really just taking time to grapple with that and say, here are the things that I need to work on. Here are the tangible steps which I can take to actually move forward in this relationship. And that way I know if tomorrow does come and tomorrow I am face-to-face with the Lord, I know in my heart that I have been pertinent and I have been prudent in making decisions and making changes in my life. And although I haven't been perfect, I have been recognizing and alert to the uh, inclinations of my heart of which direction I need to go and which direction the Lord is calling me to. And knowing that, that will please the Lord. And even just seeking the Lord in itself pleases him. And just taking the time to reflect and say, Am, is my life aligning with the desires of the Lord right now? And if the answer is yes or no, whatever, doesn't really matter right now. Um, taking time to really sit with that, that in itself pleases the Lord. When you mentioned that we could see the Lord tomorrow. I know like one for me, like one very alarming. The first thought is like, <laughs> oh, if you, if I could like, so like what if tomorrow is the coming and like out and forth face to face first, it's just like bam, 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 like, um, <clears throat> but you bring up a really good point. Yeah, that um, one, it is not saying that we need to be um, necessarily like perfect. I think a lot of people say that like, oh man, I'm so far behind. And like, um, I need to start like, like, doing all these things, I, I see it necessarily. And obviously um, there are like many actions that are good. I a lot of times see it as um, if I were to meet the Lord, like, does he, does he know who I am? Which he does. Um, and like, do I know who we are? Like, do we have a relationship or would we be Would we be like strangers meeting? Mm-hmm. And something that I kind of realized is that like you, you had mentioned um, like your heart and does the Lord as the Lord knows like all the areas in my heart, but have I been sharing or, mm-hmm. and, or do I only um, pray, you know, do I only pray to the Lord about certain aspects of my life? Do I intentionally keep other aspects hidden? Um, and I think for me, it was like, yeah, that is something that I know that I need to like work on and strive for is that relationship um, is to learn more about who he is. And in turn, you know, we're going to learn more about who we are. Yeah. And to be honest and to not hide, certain areas of our life. Um, I saw a quote that um, kind of slapped me in the face last year. And I don't know if I ever brought it up to you, but it was like that if you are not like, if you're not like bringing up certain areas of your life to the Lord, like um, you might be able to ask the question, like, is it like, how important is that to you? Um, and that kind of slapped me in the face. So like, wow, like a lot of times when I pray, I have certain areas of my life that are closed off that I don't like when I don't like like the Lord's love and his presence really encompass like all areas of my heart. Um, Yeah. So it's kind of interesting when you bring that up, like um, would he, he would know us, but would I have shared like everything with him? Would he, would he know my heart because I've opened it to him? Would he know it because you wanted him to already know it just because he's God. Um, And that's, those are two very different things, I think. And so I really, I really like that distinction that you made there. And again, this isn't to be discouraging or necessarily even like frightening to us, although a uh, little I'm fear. I'm kind of fired is, up right now. I was like, like a little fears. <laughs> yeah, the little fear is never really always bad. Um, and really to face the certainty of that question. And uh, this is not even like Catholic related, but I, I did, I was watching a podcast f- a few weeks ago um, from like an entrepreneur that I follow pretty closely. And somebody asked me, like, if you had one like, a couple words to really inspire me every day that I could watch every single day, what would you say? And he said, what if you died today? 
just really simple. And that in itself is just, I think it's a very motivational phrase, uh, although it's kind of morbid and um, that definitely probably doesn't work for everyone. I know I'm like very differently minded when it comes to these kinds of things, uh, but I think taking at least some time to sit with the idea of this is immensely important for us to realize that someday, maybe not tomorrow, hopefully in 80 years for all, everyone listening, um, you know, pray everyone has long, great lives, but someday we will be facing the Lord. And someday we will be confronted with that question of, do we love him? And someday we're going to have to answer that. And just, are we going to be ready to answer that? Are we going to be able to, are we going to, be able to read, uh, are we going to be ready to welcome the Lord into our hearts? Which again, leads us into Advent and it leads us into welcoming the Lord into the world. Although it's different, he's not going to be physically coming into the world per se, like he did uh, 2000 some years ago. Still though, we are welcoming in into the world in the Christ, Christmas can almost be seen as welcoming the Lord into our hearts again. Um, and it's a rebirth of it. And it's a re rejoiceful um, revigoration of our faith. And so again, we're talking about the end of times. We're talking about the time that we come face to face with the Lord. We're also talking about when the Lord actually comes face to face with us in the world um, and just lovingly chooses to become man. And so radically chooses to come in the form of a baby and to allow his servants to actually care for him and to watch over him and protect him. How insanely crazy that is in itself <laughs> uh, and how just absolutely backwards that really is uh, really shows his love. But back to the point, <laughs> this isn't a point to be really uh, discouraged. There's hope. Advent is four weeks long and those four weeks are used for preparation, like we're saying. And so this can be the time that we actually spend in reflection, tackling these questions of, okay, where am I? What needs to be done? What needs to change? What needs to stay the same? What do I need to grow in? Both in the way of, okay, if my day came tomorrow, would I be ready? If not, how can I become ready? But two, in welcoming the Lord and welcoming him into our world and welcoming him into our hearts in the Christ, Christ the King in his birth, we can look at that and say, is my world ready to receive him? What does his birth mean for us? And preparing our own hearts for that, again, is equally important. And the preparation of those two things are not different. They're the exact same preparation. So I want to kind of go into a little bit more of how we can actually prepare for this. And it actually ties into Advent because one of the questions I've always had as a kid is, you know, what do the, what do the candles stand for? You know, there's three purple, one pink. Those always kind of confused me. Um, I'm not going to actually talk about the pink candle, although um, probably should. I'm just not going to because it's not about the preparation aspect. But I'm going to break down the first three candles in kind of a way that can roadmap our next three weeks and how we can better prepare for the coming of the Lord. Um, and hopefully by the end of this, we can all kind of take some time alone, maybe 20 minutes and just spend some time alone time reflecting and kind of creating our own individual plan to go forward and into Advent. Um, but the first week and the three um, things that the candle signify, um, there's not really concrete anything about what they stand for, but there are kind of some traditions that kind of follow about which what each one stands for. And so I'm gonna follow one that I found earlier this week and something that I'm kind of holding myself to just because it frames the preparation a little bit easier for me personally. Um, 
But the week one, which we entered into today on this Sunday, it is uh, prayer. And so we can think that week one, the way that we can best prepare is to focus on our prayer life. So maybe this week we spend time meditating and reflecting on the state of our prayer life. Where is it? Um, are we praying? Are we not praying? Are we praying enough? Um, and if you do have a great prayer life, this isn't a time just to say, okay, check the box. I'm good on prayer. It's a time to actually dive deeper and say, what more can I give? What, how, how can I deeper dive into the mystery of prayer? How can I deepen my prayer life? How can I further that relationship? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying right now. Um, that's actually something I've been thinking about personally of, yeah, how do I, um, in preparation for this? Yeah. Is there, is there something more I can give? Is there another small sacrifice that, um, that will help me open my heart? Yeah. To receive the Lord. Exactly. So with prayer, I always think of it as spending time with a friend. Um, you can't be best friends with someone who you don't see um, or you don't spend time with. Like you can't know a person without actually engaging and in, interacting with them. Um, so week one, we can just focus on really diving into our prayer lives, coming to know the Lord himself through prayer and diving into that intimacy. But the second week, which we'll move on to now is signifying fasting. So we can think that, okay, week one, we focus on prayer. Where is it at? Where does it need to go? Taking some steps forward and really diving deeper into it. And then week two, we can think of, okay, we can we continue on our week one habits. The prayer that we were doing in week one, that doesn't just stop now that we move on to fasting and doesn't get just replaced with fasting. We continue on that prayer journey and we continue growing. We continue implementing those new habits that we said we need to do. But now we add in fasting and that's an additional thing that we pile into this. And with fasting, again, it's the idea of just giving of ourselves, giving of some of the things that are in our lives. And it can kind of look at almost like cleaning house. What do I need to give up? Um, what is necessary to be given up? What do I need to actually get rid of in my life? But two, what can I actually fast? And this might be something that we love, um, whether it's social media, whether it's um, a certain food, whatever it may be. What can I give up that will draw me closer to the Father, that will draw me closer to Christ? And it's not just giving up for the sake of giving up, it's giving up so that we can grow in intimacy, just like it was in the previous week with prayer, where we dive deeper to grow closer to the Lord. Yeah, I think when you're, um, you know, when you focus on like fasting or something that you're giving up, it's really important to ask the question, um, yeah, like, how is this going to get me? Because the goal, yeah, is to, as you said, is to dive deeper, is to get to know the Lord better. Um, so when you're choosing something for fasting, it's like, how is this going to do that? I think it's a really important question to ask, but I totally agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that you said that because with Lent, oftentimes it's like, what are you giving up and why are you giving it up? So it's, again, an important thing to keep in mind with week two of fasting. Um, and then the third week uh, can, be think, can be seen as almsgiving, um, which is something that was a little bit interesting to me. And honestly, almsgiving is like one of those kind of words that I hear a lot but I honestly haven't really always known what it means. So I was going to quickly ask you, what is your interpretation of almsgiving? Well, I might be, I might be in the same boat that you are. One, I always um, think of Palm Sunday, but that has nothing to do with anything just because it's, they sound similar. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think almsgiving is, um, and this could be totally off, but it's something that like 
um, you're intentionally trying to give to the Lord um, mm-hmm. in that sense of sometimes like for me, it's looked more of like time of adoration or to, yeah, thinking of like his love and his mercy. Yeah, I think that that hits it on the head. There's kind of two meanings that it struck me with. The first is, of course, yes, like you said, giving to the Lord. What can we give to him both in our hearts, whether it's our time, uh, whether it's our money, um, whether it's our service, any of these things. And again, we can look to that as what are we giving to his creation as well? Um, so oftentimes almsgiving is associated to uh, giving to the poor, giving to the needy, whether it be uh, money, food, clothing, these things. Uh, we've heard that in previous gospels, I think recently even, whereas, you know, you saw me naked and you clothed me, saw me hungry and you fed me, these kinds of reoccurring themes of giving of ourselves to others. And again, that's where we can look at that week three, we can maybe try to go outside of ourselves and give of ourselves to those around us, whether that be family, uh, whether that be friends, whether that be people in need in our area, as well as in our relationship to God, what more can I give to him? But really it's a time to grow in deeper respect for creation. And I think oftentimes we've talked about how God desires a personal relationship with us. It can be easy to forget that he desires a personal relationship with everyone. Um, It can be really easy to put it back on ourselves and say, God loves me so much. He loves me, loves me, loves me. That's great. We should definitely know that. But being able to look at the person next to you and say, God loves them so much. God loves them, loves them, loves them. How can I respect and love his creation in the same way? Because if God loves that person that much, then I should also be treating that person in such nature. So almsgiving can be a time where we can really reflect on where we are at and how we respect creation, how we respect God, how we can give back to his creation, give back to him. And again, with all three of these themes, they are not just on their own. They build on one another. Prayer, again, is the lifeblood of faith. Without prayer, faith is dead. And so really, week one, we're setting the baseline, we're setting the groundwork, we're setting the foundation for the next three weeks. We dive deeper into who he is. Then after week one, we have that base, that, uh, base full and we have it strong, secure, then we can build on top of that fasting. And fasting and prayer are both done at the same time. It's not just one or the other. Then once we're able to do fasting, we're able to finally go outside of ourselves because the first two weeks we're really focused on the inward with prayer and fasting, really on the inward and giving to the Lord. But the last week, it's an outward gift of self to others. And so once we finally have our self in structure and we have our self in line, then from there on the overflowing goodness of God's love can go outside of us and go to those around us and can be spread to them. So really roundabout way of saying that when I, I really do want to be careful when I say these things each week is separate because although they are separate um, signifying um, candles, they really are one three week long preparation for the final Sunday or the final, uh, final week of Advent, which is Christ's birthday, uh, the birth of Christ. So um, I just want to be cautious and make sure I say that. But what do you, what do you have on that, David? The, the order of it, I really enjoyed. I think it's great that you made that clarification. Yeah, that um, the prayer should be the base. And I, and I really love that. That like with, with prayer and starting to get, start to know yourself better and 
um, you know, offer, you know, that time up and hopefully unify, unify yourself more in Christ. That's going to be the lifeblood. That's going to be the foundation mm-hmm. um, of then the next step. And they, they all go together of then, um, what do I want to give up? The same thing of asking like, how, how is giving this thing up going to get me closer to Christ? And then with that, um, the third step being all is giving exactly what you said, the, the outpouring. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that, um, Mother Teresa, St. Teresa, um, that um, she would do her holy hour every day, even though, like, even if she was helping the poorest of the poor, and she said, without prayer, um, I wouldn't be able to do any of these things. That's kind of like what that reminds me of. So I, yeah. I definitely agree. And I think it's awesome that, yeah, those should be all, those all work hand in hand mm-hmm. um, together. And I think that's an awesome way to prepare and something that um, I'm hoping to do um, a little bit more consciously this year. Yeah. And I would encourage everyone, um, again, if you're hearing this on Monday or you're hearing this on, you know, two weeks from now and it's already week three of uh, Advent, either way, um, doesn't matter when you do this, it just matters that it's done. Uh, and so I really just encourage everyone to break it down week by week, uh, spend like just 30 minutes on Sunday night, really reflecting on, okay, this week is prayer. What do I need to do? Or this week is fasting. What do I need to do? And just going forward, and kind of splitting it half and half. So beginning of the week, say, how do I need to prepare for the next week? But also spending time saying, okay, where am I at with this? And how can I prepare for um, the next week? And, you know, so week two could be, okay, how did prayer go? Did it go well? Did it go poorly? What else needs to be done there? Okay, good. Got it. Can implement that for week two. But also now week two, fasting. How is this already what is the state of this in my life right now? And how can I actually increase it during week two? Um, so just continuing just checks and balances, making sure you're understanding where you're at. So you're not just shooting in the dark. And also this will be, we'll talk about this a little bit more next week's podcast, David, which uh, I know we already recorded with um, our view of God. And we talk about how we can kind of get confused and have cloudy vision with who the Lord is. And so I really just encourage everyone with week one going into Advent, really try to go to confession um, I once heard a really clever phrase of, you know, sin, um, sin fogs the mind, fogs clarity, and it fogs our vision of Christ. And so really try to go to confession this first week, clear your mind of that sin, really try to be in union with Christ, really try to stay to that. uh, And hopefully that will allow you to better see the state of your soul, state of your spiritual life, state of your physical life, all these things. And hopefully then we can move forward and, you know, get ready to Welcome, baby Jesus. Exactly, baby Jesus. Um, <laughs> and, and something I've, I heard um, last year that kind of changed how I viewed Advent as well. So we see how Jesus came into the world. I know you said that, like almost like the the radical idea that like he came down as an infant um, and he came down um, to Bethlehem, not even like a major city. And he was, yeah, born in a stable. And so he came, he, he lowered himself. He came down. Um, he did not come down in flashing lights, um, seemingly like all powerful, like he came down, um, as something that a lot of people would see as vulnerable and he lowered himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that sense, he showed, he shown us the way, um, of how to, especially in Advent overall, but especially in Advent that to also lower ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think exactly what you said that, um, confession, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving are, great ways to do that. Um, and that, yeah, we, 
we want to lower ourselves again with Christ. And I think that he showed us that, that way to his heart, which I think is very beautiful. And I think it's something that can um, really help us yeah, in this time and in this preparation. I completely agree. Yeah. I am actually excited for Advent now. Um, <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's all I have today for us, David. Uh, I don't know if you have anything last, any closing words? No, I don't think so. Um, everyone have a great Advent. Yeah. Ha- happy, happy new year. year. <laughs> happy Advent. Um, yeah, please. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, we always really appreciate it. It means a lot more to us than, you know, uh, it's always encouraging to hear from you guys or to just see that you guys are listening and really, um, finding the words helpful or not. Um, if you have any feedback or requests, questions, again, feel free to reach out to us at the catch at gmail.com. Uh, I will be excited to respond to your email, whether it is a complaint or a praise. Um, <laughs> be welcome both. But either way, thank you guys for listening so much. And before we go, I just have two quick words. And the first one is from our friends over at Blessed Sheen Rosaries. I know that the times are coming as we're talking about Advent. Christmas is inching near. So if you're still looking for a nice little gift for family member, friend, uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it may be, please go check them out. They have some great, David's giving me the eyes as if he's uh, thinking about me, but <laughs> they they have some great gifts over there. Um, some really high quality made rosaries and a portion of those proceeds do go to help um, children in need in Uganda. So please do go give them a check out the link using the description below. And two, if you are struggling with pornography, and I know we're talking about preparation right now, um, and that can be a sin that plagues many of us in this world. If you're struggling with that, please do check out Covenant Eyes using the link in the description below, um, as they have many resources, whether it's reading videos or just software that can help you escape this addiction, escape this sin. Um, But again, anything you guys need, please do reach out to us, let us know. Uh, Please keep us in your prayers. We'll be praying for you guys. And until next time, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Hasta la pasta. Thank you.